Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Hawk Hill Focus, week two recap edition. I am Sam Robinson alongside Commissioner Brandis. Kyle, what is your favorite type of taco meat? Or burrito meat, for that matter. Um, I'm a big basic guy. Everyone knows that ground beef is my way to go when it comes to tacos and or burritos. Um, it's a shame that Chipotle doesn't have ground beef. Um, but, you know, I stick through it and still get steak when I get there. Okay. So I, I, I'm a, a big red meat guy, if that wasn't obvious to everyone. Lovely. What about you? Ground beef, personally, is my go-to, but I do like to switch it up a little bit. You know, sometimes it's chorizo, other times it's barbacoa. You know, you, you like to switch it up a little bit. Steak, obviously, if you're, you know, you're balling like that. You have, when you win the fantasy championship or split the pot with Larry, sometimes I take myself and treat it to a steak burrito. But, uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it looks like it's going to be a ground beef season based on my own two starts. So. Yeah, last night, actually, I had Chipotle, and I had their new type of steak. I think it Did had you? a, I think it had some sort of garlic butter and then uh, some sort of pepper on it. Interesting. It's actually pretty good. I didn't taste any of the pepper on it. Hmm. Uh, it was a lot more expensive though, so might not get it again. Well, it was worth a try. I'm glad that you uh, could provide some value to our listeners outside of just uh, fantasy football. While we're not a fantasy advice podcast, we do advise on food regularly. Um, leave your food questions in the comments if you have any. Or leave us some recommendations. You know, we have our line open for fan questions or comments, uh, and we listen to them when they come in. So leave us any recommendations you may have. Absolutely. Well, Kyle, I'll tell you what. I am hungry to get into some week two recaps. Oh, that was smooth as hell. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, shall we get into it? Let's do it. What's the first one you want to start with? Can we just address the elephant in the room? Absolutely. I lost to Rob. Rob, Rob had a really good week. It wasn't even, you know, necessarily that. I mean, my team did underperform 88 points. More week, more points than we scored in week one. But, you know, Rob, I think he put up 108. I don't have the exact scoreboard in front of me at the moment. But he did. It was a 108.16 to 88.46. Yeah. So my, my team almost broke 90. Maybe, you know, soon enough we'll, we'll uh, cross that mark. But... Yeah, you know, wasn't a great week for me. Russell Wilson continues to struggle. Um, Najee Harris, he, just my running backs in general. You know, I had Jeff Wilson Jr. starting this week. Haven't really been bringing the juice. Um, someone that has brought the juice is Mike Williams this week. He had 18 points, um, or sorry, 17.3 points. I was rounding up. But good Mike Williams week. Darren Waller was pretty good. Other than that, not a ton to write home about. A lot of just mild pedestrian performances from my team. Yeah, looking looking at this matchup, Rob was really carried by uh, his wide receivers here. Uh, Tyreek Hill had a fantastic game, 31 points. I believe two of those, you know, a lot of those points gave him two touchdowns. Yes. Um, yeah, well, he also had 190 yards, which is ridiculous. Um, yeah. so all came from him. Cooper Cup, 20.8 points. He had a touchdown late in the game. He actually got, he was a beneficiary of a uh, called back touchdown that should have went to Allen Robinson, I believe. Um, they called some weird bullshit 
medical timeout or something. Oh. Allen Robinson scored and they called it back. And then Cooper Cup scored the next play. So, so he really has the uh, medical guy up in the booth to thank. Um, but really looking at Rob's team and then Brandon McManus scored 12 points, but he's a kicker. Everyone else on Rob's team underperformed uh, s- slightly. You know, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, 20 points. Christian McCaffrey, 12.8. Cordero oh, Patterson, 4.1. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I, I, you know, I put this in our Discord, Sam. Um, I, I think I'm just finally going to chalk up that I was wrong on Kyle Pitts' top five season of all time. We already gave up on that. Yeah, that's a, uh, that's not a good one for me. That's, he's not looking good so far. You know, Arthur Smith says he's, he was quoted in the in a press conference, and he said, "This isn't fantasy football. We're doing what it takes to win." or something along those lines. But, but they lost. They did lose. And uh, not throwing Kyle Pitts the ball, I don't think will win you football games, personally. I agree. Hashtag analysis. Hashtag analysis. So Hill was carried, you know, or I'm sorry, Rob was carried there by Hill Cup, mostly. Um, looking at your team, Sam, like what the hell's happening with Russell Wilson? I thought he was supposed to be balling out in Denver. You know, I was told the same thing. Um, you know, good wide receivers there, an upgraded, just general upgraded offense. I mean, you have Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, and you throw in a guy that's a known, you know, quality quarterback. We're not talking, it's not like we were waiting for Russ to make some sort of jump. He was just supposed to continue to be Russell Wilson in a new offense. And I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe Mrs. Seattle, probably not. He asked to leave there, but maybe it has something to do with that, you know, Training at altitude, maybe he's a little tired heading into these games. I'm not sure what's going on with Russ. But Russ, if you're listening, I love you. I'm still riding with you, especially because Trey Lance is out for the season, so I don't even have a backup quarterback on my roster. So I have no option but to ride with you for the time being. So uh, let's make things happen. Let's turn it around. Let's quit the 13-point performance, leave that behind us, uh, against a rather bad Houston team, mind you. Um and everyone else, you know, there's there might be a couple of lineup shakeups uh, in the near future here. Obviously, we're missing Alan Kamara this week due to injury. Rashad Bateman had a second straight really nice performance on my bench. So, you know, maybe some uh, some telltale that he'll be he'll be making a start at his first fantasy start of the season for the Sandemics. But we'll see. We'll uh, watch the tape and go from there. Hey, that's the pep talk I think you needed. And hopefully he's out here listening out there listening if he is then uh we'd love to get you on the show russ just leave a fan question down the bottom with your contact info and uh we'll set things up russ the discord is for league members only but if you want to join i think we would make an exception i would i I think that's a good one but uh you know sam get him next week that's all i can say big big bounce back week for the sam dogs in uh, week three incoming ayo uh i'd like to address another elephant in the room here I lost, I, I lost to Matt. I lost pretty bad. Uh, final score of that game was Matt one, 133.06 to my 88.08 points. Uh, my team was just a disappointment across the board this week. Uh, Saquon, Javante, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Dalvin Cook, Matt Prater all scored below their projected points. You know, thankfully, I was carried a little bit there by Josh Allen, as I normally am, with 37 points. Um, was also hurt, 
by my wide receivers. Mike Evans got through. He wasn't having a great game uh, up until the point, but he also got thrown out in the fourth quarter and is now suspended for one game. So I won't have him for week three. And then Jerry Judy went out with a, I believe he, I believe they reported it as a shoulder injury, but it's now listed as a rib injury. Um, yes. So, you know, our doctors are taking a look at that and going to heal him up, but uh, that certainly didn't help us for week two. And he's uh, questionable for week three as well, right? I believe sound- he's questionable right now. Um, you know, thankfully we have some good guys on the bench. We have, you know, the number two wide receiver in the league, I believe. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, he's going to slot up into that start. There you go. Um, and, you know, maybe we might took it, take in uh, one of our keepers this year, Brandon Cooks, move him into the starting slot. But, you know, we'll we'll, we'll make adjustments during the week as needed. Um, but it was also, you know, a combination of those hurting um, and then Matt's team just went off on me. There was nothing I could do when Tua Tagovailoa drops almost 51 points on me. Nothing I can do when Aaron Jones drops 29 points on me. Uh, T. Higgins even had a good game, 13 points. It 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 was tough watching that. As, as a Ravens fan, not only watching that lead get blown away by the Dolphins in the fourth quarter, but then also watching Tua start on Matt's team keep racking up those touchdowns it was utterly ridiculous to watch yeah I mean in terms of Matt's team Kyle I wouldn't even hang your hat too hard on this 88 point performance you know you could have put up 120 and it wouldn't have mattered exactly I very well could have started uh Amon Ra instead of Jerry Judy and still wouldn't have been enough like kudos for Matt for just it's not even that you lost he just beat you yeah I mean, whether that makes you feel better or worse, I'm not really sure. But, I mean, no. he just put the smack down and really puts the league on notice here. Of, you know, his team can rumble a little bit. Tua right now, I mean, you know, it's only been two weeks, but he leads the league in passing yards. Aaron Jones had a breakout week after a slow week one. He proved that he's nothing to mess with. Joe Mixon, while he was a little pedestrian, you know, he falls in the end zone. You know, we're talking about a little bit of a different game. That's what you expect in Joe Mixon. He's going to be either – Eight or he's going to be 15, depending on if he gets a touchdown and a couple of extra yards. Um, you know, the wide receivers are questionable. Juju did put up a measly one point this week, but he had Jalen Waddle sitting on his bench who had 29. So there's depth to his roster. Matt is definitely someone that I want to continue to monitor for the league. I just want to put everybody on notice. Matt Cress in the nerd squad. Matt Cress is a really good fantasy player. Matt, if you're listening to the podcast, you know, I've, I've always been a fan of uh, your fantasy football skills. We'd love to have you on the pod and come for an interview. Drop a fan question in the Discord below. You know, I will uh, – I can break some news right here. He is slated to make an interview appearance this year on Hulk Hill Focus. Incredible. Mr. Matt Kress. So Even we're better. excited to have him. Don't know exactly when yet, but uh, we'll, we'll lock him in. He has said he expects interest and will be available to us when we need him to be. So Good, because he's an incredible fantasy mind. He's got an incredible roster. Even just to have – the stones to start both AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones in the same week. That's ballsy. I saw him doing that. And I was like, that is a large risk he's taking. Um, You know, it didn't quite work out. I mean, I'm not looking at right now. How many points did Aaron, AJ Dillon had six point. Yeah. But when Aaron Jones scores 29, like that's still worth it. But I say you would combine 37 points from your two backs, from your running back and your flex. That's pretty good. It's not a bad, you know, and again, you know that that's going to get split some way or another, but good for him. Um, good win for Matt this week. Kyle, you'll bounce back. You have a good team there. Thanks, buddy. I, I, I sure hope so. You know who's probably sweating a little bit more than you? 
Who? The guy that traded Terry McLaurin for Kirk Cousins. And that is Alex Gill with, I believe, his second straight week of scoring the lowest amount of points in the league. It is. You know, when I run those power rankings every Tuesday morning, um, it tells me, you know, how what this person's record would be had they played against every other team in the league. Uh, and Alex Gill does not. This is his second straight week blowing or having the second lowest score. Um, yeah, he would. Yeah, he, he sticks. He flat out stinks. And you were playing a guy in Nick. I mean, talk about luck ratings. You played the guy that scored the second lowest amount of points this week. And you still couldn't win. <laughs> I mean, Nick, good for you to get in the win column. That's more than I can say. Um, overall, just, I don't even, we don't even need to get too deep into this. Just two very pedestrian performances across the board. No one, not a single player. Oh, I, I take that back. The Bucks defense scored 25 points. Other than that, not a single player on either team scored above 20 points. The Bucks defense really came through for Nick. Um, and, you know, accounted for almost, you know, a third of his team's points there. But That's ridiculous that a defense is accounting for that much percentage for a third of a team's points. Yeah, I mean, overall, not a great week for either of them. The only thing that you could have done differently for both of the guys, actually, their backup QBs in Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford, uh, who, reminder, Guild traded. Terry McLaurin, so he could continue to bench Matthew Stafford. Um, both backup quarterbacks had more points than the starting quarterback. So I guess, but again, you just didn't, you know, you had 10 points to each team. I guess that carries Nick up to like 89. You're kind of talking in that more respectable 90 range. But keep in mind, though, too, if Gil never traded Terry McLaurin, he probably would have started him over Chase Claypool. I believe Terry McLaurin had eight or maybe nine points this week. Um, still so as the quarterback. That is, that is almost as much as his quarterback. Uh, just out of curiosity, Jacoby Myers on his bench had 9.5 points. You trade for the guy and you don't even start him. See, my question, that brings me to my question. Really the most eye-popping thing in this matchup for me was on Nick's bench, was, which was Carson Wentz th- throwing up 33.78 points. Um, when, when do you think Nick makes the switch to Carson Wentz instead of Joe Burrow at his quarterback? When will he? When will Nick he? Has, Nick has that Ohio bias in him, so I think he's going to ride with Joe Burrow another week or two. If it were me, if I were the fantasy manager, not that I give out fantasy advice on this podcast, I would have started him. No, nah, I probably would. I would start him this upcoming week. When you have two straight weeks of Carson Wentz, who I believe Tua leads the league in yards mm-hmm. and passing yards, and Carson Wentz is second or third. I believe so. He's just somewhere in that top three. He's somewhere in the top three. I think we've all seen the the tweets about it at this point. It's Joe Joe Flacco. It's Tua, Joe Flacco, and Carson Wentz. What a fucking squad. Yes. Joe Flacco, who I believe is a free agent still in the SJUFFL, if anybody wants to sign him. Everyone knows my personal feelings on Joe Flacco. Well, we'll find him in Avalon at some point and try and get him on the show for for a a summertime podcast. Oh, a podcast on the beach? Oh, that's a... With Joe Flacco. Putting that on the idea sheet for next year. You're telling me. Um, Yeah, I would personally start Carson Wentz this upcoming week. The weapons are there. I mean, two straight weeks where Terry McLaurin, no reason to emphasize that name, um, Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson all 
sustained as relevant wide receivers. So all three of them are doing their thing. Carson literally just has to deliver them the ball. And it seems like he's capable of doing that. Ron Rivera's got it down. Um, and we'll see where the Washington Commanders go this year. Yeah, we'll see where Washington goes. We'll see where Nick goes. And we'll see where Gil goes. And I'm assuming it's the toilet. Because he stinks. Um, Most likely. Looking at our next matchup. Uh, Sam, you know what we didn't address at the top of the show? What was that? Where, where is our third co-host, Mr. David Hallis? That's a good question. I actually don't know that answer. Um, I can tell you, he's not actually suspended this time. So that's yeah. a good thing. He just had a conflict. Um, wasn't able to make it today. So he won't be on the shows this week. David, we miss you. We love you. Um, I, I forget what uh, that former ex-U.S. president said on January 6th. But never mind. Um, Let's get into David's game. Let's get into David's game, yeah. Uh, David lost to Luca, who Luca's looking like an absolute wagon this year so far. Uh, I scored more points than David this week. I didn't realize that until now. Good job. Will you not be the low? We all did pretty sh- – did you score more points than me? You did. Wow. Look at you go, Sam. Why are we writing on my prey? Why do I think my team's in Doomsville? I would have I mean, no, more Jesus. Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, David lost to – Luca this week uh, by a score of 130.92 to 87.06. Uh, Luca's team absolutely carried by Lamar Jackson. Uh, had fantastic game against the Dolphins. Put up 84, 40, I'm sorry, 48.62 points, not 84. Uh, DeAndre Swift having a good game. I didn't think he would have such a good game uh, after that Philly game last week, but prove me wrong. I think he's currently our number two running back in the league. Uh, and Tony Pollard, backup running back for the Dallas Cowboys, 15.6 points. Um, Luca is legit. Luca's legit. I forget where I had him on my preseason power rankings, but, you know, he's a team that concerns me moving forward because of how good he is. I think he's competition. I mean, you just look at his – just doing a simple exercise of looking who else is on his bench – you had Keenan Allen, who's probably a starter. I'm, you know, he used a third round pick on him. He's benchless. He was out with an injury. And he still put up 130 points. You have Jahan Dotson, who, like I said, has been legit the first two weeks sitting on his bench. So those points also just completely go out the window. I mean, he did this. Granted, Lamar dropped almost a 50 piece. So that's going to help out your total a ton. But and even your star wide receivers were pretty pedestrian here. Justin Jefferson goes for 4.8 points. I mean, he got absolutely wrecked by Darius Slay. Go birds. Go birds. And Debo, you know, nine, nine and a half points, nine point seven. Probably one of his lower weeks of the season. It's a good floor, I guess. But you expect a little bit more out of Debo there. And he still right. put up 130 points. He, he, he's, I believe, was he the second highest scoring team this week? He was behind Matt. Um, yeah, when I, you know, I was talking about that exercise that I do with the power rankings, you can see what everyone's record is had, if they played everyone else. Gil would not have beaten anyone in the first two weeks, and Luca would have only lost to one person, and that was Matt this week. Uh, so we had the second most points. It's, it's crazy. I wasn't a believer. I will backtrack on that and say I am now. Hey, we'll see where the season goes. I'm not entirely putting him in that same, I guess. Uh, I think he's knocking on that tier. 
And the next team that we can get into, I guess we can segue, would be to to Julie once we wrap up David's team real fast. Julie and Matt are in the wagon tier for me. And then Luca is the step below that. I don't necessarily know. I know Lamar's in a contract year and he's he might go off, I should say. I don't say I don't want to say probably, but I see the possibility of him going off. We've just seen some up and down Lamar fantasy years. We see these big games and then those other games he disappears. So I'll need to see a couple more weeks before I move Luca into that wagon tier, mostly because of his QB situation. Um, and his running backs still aren't selling me. I and mean, we'll see again. Tyler Algier has the potential. Jamal Williams is a good handcuff if anything ever happened to DeAndre Swift. So he's always got a good, at least one good running back in his roster. I mean, starting Tony Pollard this week, you got Miles Sanders in the flex. Like either of them aren't really stars. But they had, they all had good weeks. You know, maybe Miles Sanders continues to grow as an eagle. You know, he's one of those Nick Sirianni flowers. Um, yeah. Going over to David, Justin Herbert somehow crawled into almost 30 points after getting decimated by the Chiefs D-line. And, I mean, the, the poor guy just looked terrible in the fourth quarter. Not football-wise, just painful. Like, absolutely beat up. Oh, yeah, I believe he was injured, and he's questionable for next week now. Yes, 100%. Um, so putting up 29 points is a rather impressive performance. RIP Rashad Penny putting up a point and a half this week. David Montgomery actually looks more legit now. If you would ask me at the start of the season which one of those two I would have put my coins on, it would have been Rashad Penny. Oh, absolutely. But it also helps when, you know, they don't throw the ball in Chicago. I think they threw the ball – 14 times and they were down 20 points so they needed to and just decided not to kyle i'm gonna run it i'm gonna run a quick stat by you here i'm excited there are 30 there are 32 teams in the nfl okay which means there are 32 starting quarterbacks in the nfl i'm excited to see where you go with this justin fields ranks 33rd in passing attempts in the NFL this season. There is a backup. I don't know which one it is, but there is a backup who has thrown less passes than Justin Fields this year. Oh, which is good for David Montgomery. Pass the Bears. It has to be Garoppolo or Cooper Rush at this point, I'd think. At this, at this point through two weeks, one of those two. Yeah. Um, but the fact that he's played in two full games. I thought last week was just going to be an outlier because of all the, the weather-related stuff with that game but uh that was that was a bad look for chicago offense against green bay absolutely now, um, david you need to step up your running back room i think going moving into his wide receivers real fast which are usually a strong suit Devonte adams welcome back to planet earth you're not going to get 50 percent of the targets every week um seven points again down down week for his receivers travis kelsey had a down week Mike Thomas still looks impressive, and even looking at David's bench, Drake London and Garrett Wilson both look like very, very viable options. There's depth here on David's team. Maybe he wants to consider trading one of those guys for a running back or packaging them together. But there's some upside there, except for Justin Fields being his backup fantasy quarterback because that's just a, a running back at this point, I think. Yeah, you got to reevaluate that position. But, hey, better luck next week, David. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to come on next week and prove us wrong. But no, don't prove us wrong. He plays me. Hey, hey, hey! It's preview for tomorrow's episode, buddy. Not that everyone can see the schedule anyway. But 
Uh, we got two more matchups to go through, I think. Uh, I say we, I, I think we saved the best matchup for last of the week. Okay. Um, let's just really quickly talk about our reigning champion here, uh, who changed his team name this week. It is currently Zeke is fat, frowny face. So am I, smiley face. But so am I. But so am I, yes. Got include uh, if you look at it, this is really the two best named teams, I think, going against each other this week. Uh, Larry went up against Jim and the All-American Butt Eaters. You definitely get creativity points for, uh, for, you both, do. for both teams. But that doesn't translate to fantasy points, though. Unfortunately. Although, in Jim's case, it kind of did. It did. Jim put up a uh, pretty solid game, 110.6 points he had to Larry's 81.48. Uh Jim really led the way by our four-time reigning champion, Nick Chubb, in the yeah. SJUFFL. Uh, 29.3 points. I didn't even realize he had that good of a game until right now. What did he have? He 87 years. He had three touchdowns. Oh, yeah. He was in the end zone a lot this week. Holy shit. He had three touchdowns. Looks like Cortland Sutton took advantage of Jerry Judy getting out of the game with 12.7 points. Uh, and his, he had two tight ends play. That kind of worked out for him. TJ Hawkinson only put up 2.6. Yet Irv Smith, it looks like he caught the lone touchdown. Of uh, Yep, he caught the lone touchdown for the... Yeah, he didn't Vikings have a touchdown. It wasn't, wasn't the worst call in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but Larry's team is just bad. Bad, I think. You know, he got Curtis Samuel, 15.9 points. He's looking a really good pickup. Curtis that was Samuel's really, very, very good pickup. Really good pickup in... Washington has three deadly wide receivers and McLaurin, uh, Jahad Dotson, and now Curtis Samuel. No wonder Carson Wentz is doing so well. Curtis was on my radar um, heading into waivers last week. I decided to take a gamble on Jeff Wilson Jr., thinking that I would rather take the shorter, high upside running back, especially given the Kamara situation. You know, I had the second waiver last week because my team was terrible. I probably have a second waiver this week, too. But probably. actually, I'm, I might be a couple of spots ahead said. Is it overall points or is it week to week? I guess I'm owing to. Um, I believe uh, it's overall. We, I, I can take a look as you, if you uh, want to talk through Larry's team a little bit more. Yeah. But moral of the story is I, I went with Jeff Wilson Jr. thinking I'd get a little bit more upside out of a running back with, you know, needing a Camaro replacement for this upcoming week. But I have a feeling that Curtis Samuel could be the Corderell Patterson-esque player that you kind of look back on and say – Dang it, like, you know, I don't Larry probably again had a high waiver claim as well. So I don't know how many people actually had a chance at him. But the people that did will probably sit look back and kick themselves in the butt and say, man, Curtis Samuel had an incredible season. Um, you know, he's going to be startable. Run him in the flex with Jamar Chase and Allen Robinson is not a bad situation whatsoever. Larry continues to get burned by his young running backs that are just now sitting on his bench. He kept Travis Etienne from last year and drafted Brees Hall rather high. And neither one, I mean, Brees Hall technically went above his 7.8 point projection and put up 12 points, but neither one of them looks like it's anything that can save him from having to start Zeke and Josh Jacobs. Maybe he could sub out Josh Jacobs at this point because he's also been very, very bad this year. It's an ugly running back room. You're just swapping junk for junk. You hope that one of them eventually, you know, there's upside in both of them. Let's be honest. Football eye test, Bruce Hall and Travis Etienne are very, very good football players. But there's a difference between being a very good football player and a very good fantasy player. Yeah. And, you know, 
keeping up with Larry's team, I said this last week, his team's going to be carried by Jamar Chase this year. Jamar Chase only had 5.8 points this week, and Larry's team, you know, did not follow suit. Um, I also, you know, I don't know if you mentioned this. It doesn't help that he had the Miami Dolphins defense get him negative eight points. Oh, no, I missed that one. Yeah, so that's not great for him, but still wouldn't have made a difference. Um, you know, Jamar Chase, like I said, Jamar Chase is going to carry this team. Um, Larry will only go as far as Jamar takes him. Um, Sam, you are second in waiver claims this week. Nice. Gil is first. Yes, Gil is first. Larry is third because those are all of our 0 2 teams. Nice. Um, so, yeah, reigning champ, not looking good so far this year, but neither was he last. Actually, he was 3 0 to start last year. So, I shouldn't say that. Um, we got one more matchup to go through. This was definitely our game of the week. If you look at total points scored, I'd have to think. You know, at least average points scored by team. Um, Julie Osborne and the Oz Broncos getting off to a 2-0 and start in a tough Jeff Arnold division this year, uh, beating Sean and the Gotham Rogues by a score of 119.82 to 104.88. Julie's team is scary good. Wagon status. Wagon status. Uh Jalen Hurts, 35 points on Monday night. Stefan Diggs dropped a 32.8 piece on Sean. Uh, I believe he had three touchdowns. Uh, DJ Moore had double-digit game, 10.3 points. This this is one of those teams up there with Luca, like you were saying, that scares me. Yeah, I mean, Julie's team all around. In a year where Austin Eckler has gotten off to a super slow start, I mean, could you imagine if Austin Eckler is doing what we were used to last year when he had, like, whatever it was, 20-some-odd touchdowns? I mean, the guy I don't think is – maybe broke barely broke double-digit fantasy points week one. I'm going to stat check that right now. Nope, he didn't. He had 7.2. He has not broken into double-digit fantasy points. Julie's second-round keeper um, is being outperformed by Antonio Gibson, which is no shot at Julie's team. Austin Eckler is an incredibly talented football player that just hasn't really got it started, and her team is still just beating everyone. It's terrifying. It's it's terrifying, and Julie is a very calculated person, so she will make, you know. And she didn't have Michael Pittman this week. Oh, I forgot about that. That's even scarier that she's able Austin to. Austin is underperforming, and her best wide receiver didn't. I mean, I guess Stefan Diggs is the best wide receiver. Her second best wide receiver, who's a, probably the best wide receiver on a lot of fantasy teams this year, did not start. She also had a person get, get her negative – points. Dalton Schultz, Schultz was in her lineup and got her negative 0.2 points. She was better off starting Mike Kosicki, who was on her bench with 10.1. She was. Um, and then looking over at Sean's team, Jonathan Taylor, just absolute disappointment this week. 6.3 points for the number one overall pick. Um, that, you know, other than Michael Pittman, like we were just saying, this Indianapolis offense just looks awful. Didn't score a point against Jacksonville, who's perennial Perennial, I can't say that word, but you all know Perennial. what I mean. Yes, thank you. Um, they are that bad every single year. Uh, Kyler Murray was able to bounce back after a slow second, after a slow first half against Oakland. I'm sorry, Las Vegas. Uh, bounced back with 27.88 points. Clyde Edwards, Elaire, I'll take it back. He's looking legit this year. I said in the Discord, I'll say, I got to see one more week of CEH putting up decent. I'm not even 
ready to be convinced by an 11.8 point performance to really unlemon yourself. Sure, he might go into like an average category, but he's still Clyde Lemonsy Lair for the time being. CLH. Clyde Lemonsy Lair. Uh, you know, then didn't help Sean that AJ Brown, I, he exited the game last night and got hurt, right? Or did, I know he got hurt, but I don't know if he came back. I wasn't watching it, to be honest with you. I was moving a lot of boxes last night. Did not catch a ton That's of this. So That's fair. I, we know he got hurt. That's That certainly doesn't help you in fantasy. I don't see anything about an injury on his right up here, so I'm going to assume that he came back in the blade. Okay. I well, that's on Twitter either about AJ Brown concerns. So. Well, that's probably why he only got 6.9 points. Probably exited the game for a little bit. Terry McLaurin, his new shiny toy, uh, 8.2 did not, you know, meet up to his projection of 9.7. Uh, so maybe that is a is something that Gil can use to rub the straight in our faces. Who knows? Um, Sean's got to figure something out. Tight end. Robert Tunyon got him 1.1 point. Uh, it's not like he had any better options on his bench. Cole Komet got him a big fat goose egg. Second straight week, he scored zero points. Um, the defense, his Bills defense helped a lot getting 22 points, but it just, you know, wasn't a match for Julie. She had her Monday night heroes. I was going to say, overall, it's hard for me to, to throw stones at a team that put up 105 points. It's a good – my rule of thumb generally is if you're putting up over 100, you had a decent week. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really say that you did poor. You did get outscored by Julie. She's, a again, a wagon. Sean has a lot to look forward to this season. And in a week where his best player, Jonathan Taylor, was awful. So I'll be intrigued to see how he bounces back over the next couple of weeks. He also was missing Gabe Davis, who – I think it's safe to assume is going to be a fantasy relevant player for Sean's team moving forward, at least what we saw on week one. So something to keep an eye out for. And James Robinson on his bench, you know, if, if Clyde, you know, goes from lemonade to back to a lemon, maybe you see James Robinson, who's had a decent role and is kind of stunting that Travis Etienne role that Larry was hoping for. Sneaks into a lineup and can start putting up more points. We'll see. I think this is going to be one of the uh, tighter divisional races between these two teams this season. The Jeff Arnold division, I think, is going to be the best division in the SJUFFL. I think that's fair to say. Hey, no, that, I can definitely see that happening. Um, you know, we talked about them being the best division in the SJUFFL. Um, who would you say is the best sponsor? in the SJU FFL, Sam? That's a good question. I think I'd have to go with... Actually, I'm just lying. That's not even a tough question. That's the easiest question in the world. It's Anchor. No questions asked. You want to know why? Listen to this guy. Thank you, Anchor. Love hearing from you. Uh, again, just love to have you back. Um, it was a long off season. Sam, it's time to name our awards for week two. I know last week we said that we'd be giving out one award uh, for all of Hall Kill Focus, but since it's just the two of us today, we decide to say screw it and give our own awards of the week. Yeah, screw you, David. We have more time to do this now. So we're going to do our <laughs> own. <laughs> we don't have to share. Even though I'm pretty sure we share on everything except one award anyway. So actually, Kyle and I are just doing one award separately, and then we share the rest of them. Do you just want to do that separate award first, get it out of the way? It is no, I think we should save it until the end. Okay, fair enough. I think uh, really uh, surprise the folks. Don't even tell them what award it is. That's fair. Let's start with the rant. Let's start with our uh, Fantrax player of the week, I think. 
Let's do it. Oh wait, I lied. This is yeah. we do have some separate. I was going to say after looking at our chart, we have a different one. We only have two awards that we're the same on. All right, well, that's fine. We'll start with this one. and We'll end with a different one and start with a different one. All right, fine. Uh, my fan tracks player of the week was Jonathan Taylor. Um, quite simply, just because you're the first overall pick should not be putting up six points in a game. Um, you know, we just touched on this in the recap. Sean and Julie was a very close game. I believe the final score was separated by... Oh, it wasn't as close as I thought. It was still 15 points, but hey, Jonathan Taylor is capable of putting up those 20-point performances that would have gotten Sean over the top. Um, you know, especially from a first-round pick, he just, I think he needs to be better than that. Um, the Indianapolis offense needs to find a way to work him into being the star there. Um, you know, that's why he's my disappointment of the week, our Fantrax player of the week for Kyle. Yeah, Kyle, I don't think you're asking, you know, anything outside of the realm of possibility for the first overall pick in the draft to put up roughly 20 points a week. I see where you're coming from there. And in a traditional week, I would probably agree with you. However, there are other players that performed worse. And I'm specifically referring to I'm changing from what I originally had, actually. Oh, wow. Written in the show notes here. I'm going to go with the Dolphins defense and special teams. Because when you are mathematically better off not starting the position entirely that week, I mean, like, you're you're doing the opposite of what you're supposed to do. Like, it's one thing to show up to work and not do your job. It's another thing to show up to work and then distract the rest of your team members. You know, you're you're more detrimental to the team by causing harm than just doing nothing. I can speak from experience on that one. By putting up negative eight points, not only are you just not showing up for work and not doing your job, you actually made your team think. Larry's team could have had 89 points this week, which again, wouldn't have changed the outcome of the game. But we're talking about eight freaking points in the negative. Like, how bad can you be? Negative eight points. That's pretty bad. That's how bad they were. They can be. I mean, you look at that swing versus a, you know, imagine if they put up eight points. You're talking about a 16 point swing. I, you know, just a bad, a bad game overall for the uh, Dolphins defense and special team. Negative eight points is inexcusable and very, very bad. So they are my fan tracks player of the week. Should we go over to other bad things, such as bench regret? We can. This is one of the ones that we agreed on, Sam. Um, we did. I'm going to – I, knowing you, I think you have some strong opinions on this bench regret. I do. Um, I am going to yield all of my time in bench regret to you to uh, speak your truth about this person. All right. I am, this, this bench regret is near and dear to the, the heart of those in the SJUFFL community. So, the, the award just flat out is for Mr. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford put up, I think it was 25 points on the bench this week, which would have been enough to swing Gill into the win column and not had him finish with the least amount of points for the second straight week. But instead of starting, not only did you not start Matthew Stafford, you benched him, so you have that bench regret. But you also now have trade regret because you traded for a quarterback who you thought would be better in 
Kirk Cousins. You traded your best wide receiver. And in his place, didn't even start the wide receiver that you received. So really, I guess we can kind of tie it all together to two bench regrets if you really wanted to get mathematical here. But so you started the wrong guy from the trade. And you traded for him. And he sucked. You started Kirk Cousins. This is a starter gun on Kirk Cousins more than it is a venture gun on Matthew Stafford, if we're being honest. And a trade regret all around because you traded your best wide receiver to get into this mess. It's like when David started Daniel Jones over Justin Herbert. I mean, there are just some things that you don't do in fantasy football. And one of them is, A, start Kirk Cousins over Matthew Stafford. And B, you don't trade one of your best players for Kirk Cousins to start over Matthew Stafford. That is all I have to say on that matter. Kyle, if I missed any points, feel free to to fill in the, the gaps there. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it. I think it's going to be hard for Gil to justify this one. Um, honestly, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, it's going to be hard to justify, you know, this start uh, and this trade. You, you could even say that Jacoby Myers, the other trade piece that he got for Terry McLaurin, could have been a bench regret. Had he started him instead of Chase Claypool, he also would have won. You know what I'm saying a double bench regret. Not only did you botch the trade, you botched then starting the players from the trade. Philly D's nuts ownership is going to have to look, you know, take a look at this one and might make a change to general manager. Uh, maybe we'll see what happens with the uh, with the Philly D's nuts franchise. They have a lot that they can turn around here. Gil, Gil, Gil. Um, let's let's start talking about some more positive things though. All right, let's let's get positive here. Let's talk about our pickup of the week. There were actually some, it was pretty slim pickings this week, I think, when I was looking for a pickup. Um, there was one, though, that I think is a clear winner, and this is one that we both agree on. Uh, it is Logan Thomas, Washington Commanders tight end, being picked up by John Luca and Trey Way. Put, put him in a starting lineup, got him 9.7 points. Did he score a touchdown? Let me take a look. He did score a touchdown, three catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. Um, again, just one of those Washington pass catchers that is helping Carson Wentz get to top three in passing yards this year. Um, I think that was a great move for Luca, being that Hunter Henry hasn't done anything this year. Is he actually hurt? He may be. Nope, just That's has been targeted. Just been targeted four times and has two fantasy points. This is yeah, two games really this year. Um, um, in a shallow time. tight end market, I think this is a very good pickup. I know the points don't jump off the page, and I'm going to get ahead of it now. Larry, you're going to go into the Discord and say, what about Curtis Samuel putting up uh, 15.9 fantasy points? Why didn't he pick up the week? Larry, again, we really try and pick up the week is really for teams that made an impact and helped their team win. It doesn't really matter if your turd has a sprinkle on top of it with your free agency. (laughs) (laughs) And hey, maybe Curtis Samuel helped in later weeks, but he didn't help you this specific week, so... He's not considered, I guess, a pickup at that point. If you drop him and re-pick him back up, you know, Good. please do that. I have a higher waiver priority, and I will take him from you. So, But if you want to run the risk and, you know, try and get Curtis Samuel to get pick up of the week, be my guest. No but risk it, no biscuit. No risk it, no biscuit. So, uh, Luca, again, his team got stronger with the addition of Logan Thomas, who's probably going to end up being a longtime starter for him. So, good on Luca. A nice little pickup there. Uh Logan Thomas, who kind of came into, I can't remember if it was last season or two seasons ago. I know last year he was out all year, which is why I might be getting it mixed up. But he had some fantasy hype coming in. I think it was last year, and then he's 
Maybe right, I think it was. The first game or preseason. I believe it was. I remember that. Um, so yeah, so fantasy, maybe, becoming fantasy relevant again. It's nice to see for William Thomas. Love to see it. Love a good comeback story. Uh, good job, Luca. Our final award of the day, of the night, our most valuable player of week two. Sam, this is one you, diff- you differed on. Uh, do you want to go first? you want me to go first? Yeah, I can go first on this one. Okay. I, you know, I hate to keep going back to talking about awards for a game that ended in 75-79 final score. But the Bucks defense, again, putting up almost a third of Nick's entire points, really, truly bailing him out of this game. If they put up even just 20 points, Nick loses. You needed all 20, not all 25. You, you needed, I guess, whatever, 21 and some change. He's a math guy. You can figure that out. But you needed a stellar, stellar, stellar performance out of the Bucks defense. You got it with 25 points. I can't really credit Nick for being like, oh, what a great pick. You know, defenses are usually a crapshoot in fantasy. I'll always say it. There's no skill involved there. If you tell me, other than like Sean maybe keeping the Bills defense from last year with like an 11th round pick or something like that. That's the only defense scheme I can give credit to because that defense is just gross. So good for you for being ahead on that curve and kind of staying with them as they build. But week to week starts and streams, it's all a crapshoot. You can't tell me that you know what a group of, I don't even know how many entire defense and special teams players play on a given team each week. You can't tell me what every one of them is going to do, how many interceptions, fumbles, touchdowns they might have put returns so nick good job for guessing right and bucks defense good game you're my mvp yeah i think it's a solid one uh for me you know i differ um it was obvious to me though i'm going with for the second straight week a wide receiver on the Oz broncos i'm going with stefan diggs Stefan Diggs put up 32.8 points. He almost tripled his projection on a Monday night when Julie needed him most. He stepped up. I believe he scored. Let me take a look at his stats from Monday night. 12 catchers, 148 yards, and three touchdowns. Absolutely ridiculous numbers. Um, he was unreal. And she needed every bit of those points. You know, Sean was a tough matchup this week, and she just proved that she was better. Uh, I'll, I'll keep saying it that Julie's wide receivers are very impressive to me this year. Um, and it's going to be tough to beat her because of this. Uh, you know, you have Stefan Diggs capable of putting up these numbers on any given week. Um, I think bad things will happen to the rest of this league. So Yeah, we're all in trouble with that wide receiver core. Yeah. That's, that's MVP for you. Two different wide receivers in her wide receiver core going back-to-back MVPs is uh, terrifying for the rest of us. Nope. I guess that puts DJ Moore on watch for next week. Yeah, you got a point there. So, but those are our awards for the week. Uh, Sam, any final thoughts on week two of the season? I would like to point out it wasn't Mike Williams' week. That's my only closing thought on week two. We we hope that this is a, uh, a bounce back week for the Sam Demics into week three. We're looking to get into the win column. And for the rest of the league, I guess we were, you know, overall league view, just looking at the scores from a from a high-level view. The games were a little bit closer this week. Some of them. Much, much better, I think. So, you know, we're looking forward. Everybody, good job. Good. I'd say it was a good week all around, minus 
maybe the Gill and Nick game, I, you know, we kind of controlled the under 80 point performances into one game there, which helps us out. So, but overall good week. Yeah. I echo that. What Sam said, great, great week, everyone. I hope we can have a uh, great week three. Be sure to join us tomorrow when we pull off some hot takes that we have after two weeks of the games and do some pickums for week three. So toodles until tomorrow. Take, I guess I'll, I'm about to take us away. Okay, here we go. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die.